Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's go to Tom Murphy on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Hello, Thomas. How are you? I'm great, man. It's a lot of winning y'all were just talking about right B- there. Buddy, a lot of winning. listen, here's the deal, Tom. I said it before. I'll say it again. I got two things I'm not putting up with anymore. First of all, I had people besmirching the name of Hunter Yurchek this week. I will not stand for it. I won't sit for it. I won't hear of it. Not on this show, not ever. You come up to me in public and try to say something about Hunter Yurchek, we might fight. Fight. I'm not putting up with it. Fight. And again, I, I said it earlier, I didn't want to call the guy a name because I like the guy, and I'm not going to name his name again, but the bottom line is I will have to call you dumb if you come up and tell me you don't think Hunter Yurchek's a good athletic director because that's what you sound like, a stupid idiot and i don't want to have to point it out but that's a dumb take just because the football team is struggling doesn't mean the ad is not doing a damn good job so shut your face anyway that's how i feel yeah he didn't miss all those blocks last week darn right thank you he didn't call all the bad plays that's right anyway that's what i feel tom Tom, have you heard the term oski before oh yeah we used to say that uh on interceptions during practice there you go christian everybody in the christian okay everybody get in the game you watch (laughs) your mouth Pal. There's no ageism on this show, young man. They still do it. I'm telling you, there's no doubt in my mind. Okay, Tom, do you think the Razor, know, the Razorbacks yell at Oski? Who didn't know Oski? The Wizard, but he's he's uh, he's not 30 yet. Wes, you're on a lot of high school sidelines. You ever hear Oski anymore? I was in, I was texting uh, Buck James right now to see if they still teach Oski. Okay, awesome. Well, Wes only goes to PA games and they don't throw interceptions there, so <laughs> they get them sometimes. Don't they? <laughs> Well, I mean, they did against Christian, but I don't see it very often. I didn't hear the Christian guys yelling Oski, so I don't know if it's a thing. Anyway, uh, Tom, scale 1 to 10, how, how shocked were you that uh, Dan Enos was let go before the season ended? Um, scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most shocked. You're most um, shocked. Bl- most mind blown. Shocked. I, I would, I'd put it about a 3 because, mm. I mean, even though Sam Pittman wasn't saying this week to week, every once in a while he'd drop a, well, I thought we were going to roll out more. And, you know, just things like that. And, mm-hmm. um I used the word constipated a couple of times on just mm. how how they look like how they couldn't get freed up. Right. And it's it's just an accumulation of a lot of things and come to find out the the volume they were carrying probably was weighing on KJ's mind, like having mm. to having to digest a lot of stuff and make make in play decisions that were I guess just a little overwhelming. So yeah. you know, I kinda think ideally they felt like we're gonna get KJ ready for the league, you know, we're gonna adopt a more pro style stuff and it just became maybe too much. Yeah. And um I mean suddenly or I guess invariably or slowly over time they lost the the ignition of, you know, enthusiasm. Right. And so it, we we find ourselves where we are right now, um, knowing that there are some playmakers on offense but just the inability to make things happen. I I think ever since they lost Luke has uh, they, it, it's gone to a different level of uh, frustration, I'd say, often. Yeah, I would say that's fair. Uh, I will also he, say, uh, what What game did he go out? Luke has? A&M. Well, that's where it all went. A- A- A&M game. You think South. about it. Literally. 30 points against BYU, 30-plus against LSU, and since then. I will tell you this. I just, you know, the guys called me a commitment phobe yesterday because I didn't want to commit to a concert that's over a year away. Although I am going to buy tickets to Stapleton. Did you see Grace Potter's coming with Stapleton? Pigskin? You're the one that turned her. me on to Grace Potter. She, she's awesome. She played at the Rev Room like 10 years ago. The Pigskin's dog like, days are over. He's like, go see this woman. I'm like, ah, I don't care. And now I'm like, gosh, what an idiot. She played in a, a room that small? I mean, comparatively to playing in a big arena. You could have reached out and hugged her. I blew it. Anyway, the point is, I was going to say, they called me a commitment phobe yesterday, Tom, and it hurt my feeling. The point is, I was thinking to myself about Pittman and like a relationship. It's like, if, if you hear from your wife, gee, I thought you were going to mow the lawn. 
gee, I thought you were going to take the garbage out. Maybe eventually she won't be around to say that to you anymore, so you probably ought to pick up on the clues there, Dan. Mm. What are you doing over there? Mm. Anyway. Yeah, you know, I guess he got to, to be where he was stubborn. And, and here's one of the things Sam said on Monday uh, that I stuck with me a little bit. It was um, – you know, we can't keep saying we're going to do the same thing. We're going to outblock you. You know, we're better than you, and so we're going to out whatever you because it wasn't working. And so maybe that was what he felt Dan Enos' mentality was that like these are good schemes, and if we can just execute them, we're going to we're going to move the ball. But it, it came to a point where they couldn't execute them. Mm-hmm. And and man, I don't know about y'all. I listened to the entire broadcast, Lewis Riddick. And Mark Jones on ESPN the other night. Which is a, that's and a, Lewis that's, Riddick was calling, huh? That's a tall order. I gotta say, it's been it's been tough at well, times. Well, I like Riddick. Yeah, I, do I too. think Riddick makes some high quality commentary. Uh, he knows the game, and he was talking about some of their steps uh, on the pick play. He pointed out that the safety Preston, he was covering the deeper route to Law and the shallow crossing from Wilson. He was able to play them both. Mm. Because the receivers are too close, and just things like that, and um, I don't know where I've gone, but it's it just it just it didn't work. And I think Dan Enos was being stubborn about mm-hmm. um, what he what he called, and um, and it wasn't suiting KJ clearly. And so here we are. Right. I um I have not heard anybody suggest this, but does anybody consider the fact that maybe Michigan has been stealing Arkansas signals and sharing it with the rest of the SEC? <laughs> oh, you know, I was going to bring that up on my own, but but again, I, I couldn't do it. And... <laughs> Tom, I can take it. Don't worry. I don't think we're going to play well, TCU this year in the playoffs, so you and I won't have any contratemps. Oh, wow. It's just, you know, I haven't dove in like, full-scale dove in and read everything you can read. But what I've seen going across the Internet, there's some weird, you know, the weird stuff. And then, um, I don't know if y'all saw this yesterday, but South Carolina's end-of-season performances Mm -hmm. against Tennessee and Clemson have come into a little bit of question. This thing's (laughs) wild, y'all. Yeah. I like, yeah, it's bad enough that you're stealing it for yourself, but you're like, hey, Take this because it'll help us. So now, anytime anyone wins a game, they were obviously stealing signs. Well, hey, listen, I don't care what Dion says; it can't hurt. Like there is a bit of trickeration that goes into playing college football. Well, there right? is, but you still got to stop it. No question, you do, but you, it does help. Like again, to his point, I'll use his analogy back against him. If I know it's a curveball, yeah. it, I still have to hit it, but it's a hell of a lot easier to hit it when you know it's a curveball. Well, ball. when Aiden Hutchinson was pointing at the Ohio State lineman and saying, "I'm coming for you," and he knocks him five feet backwards and pancakes him, I don't think. No Knowing the play made that much difference. Let's let's just say though, is it fair to say that if and again, yeah. I don't care about any of this. Yeah. It doesn't bother me one iota. But don't you think it's easier to play against the well, team sure. if you know what the play is? But how about this? We're stealing your signs. We're coming for you. You better hide the women and children because we're going to stomp your head in. Yeah, that's what I say. Okay. Or you do like TCU and know they stole the signs and, and then, then change the signs. Change the signs. Yeah. And trick them. I still, I, you know, that was a perfect storm. I still cannot believe that game. If we played those jokers ten times, I think we'd win nine, but it doesn't matter because we lost the one. I so. believe it was the great musical philosopher Ace of Base that once said, I saw the sign. Yes, they did. And it opened up my eyes, so I saw the sign. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Tom, good, how do you feel? Good one, Tom. I how do you like feel that. about Kenny Guyton? And, and what, what are your impressions of him as a, as a coach? Well, I'm, I'm going to get to that, but i got to say, I think of all the variations of things we heard, offshoots of, this, of the sign ceiling, I think TCU sending out fake signals is probably about one of my favorite uh, parts <laughs> of, of all this. And here's the thing. 
if you know what's coming, your backside safety can just run to the run to the play, run to the point of attack. Mm, pretty much. And normally, he can't do that. He has other responsibilities. And, and so, in other words, yeah, you still have to defend it. But if you if you have a really good feel for what's coming, other defenders can just run to the ball, um, and you can't do that otherwise. Yeah. Um, Kenny Guyton, I, I like him. I think he's got a great personality. Um, he's funny to hear, like, it practices, uh, some of the things he's saying. They have a pretty good time when it's uh, running the receivers matching up against the DBs, especially in camp. And so um, I, I, I wish Kenny the best. Uh, it's, it's a tough assignment with four games left against somewhat of a, you know, mentally beaten down team to try to reinvigorate everything. And so I don't think it's fair to judge what his future capabilities will be as an offensive play caller. But this does give him a shot. And if they can focus on the things they do well and, and execute them, um, it'll give them a chance. The Florida defense is really tough. I mean, they are a really good total defense. So this is going to be a tough one out of the gate. Yeah. But, I mean, I, Auburn's improving. But at home against Auburn, you should be able to move the ball. And then you got two more games after that, you know, Florida International and Missouri all at home, and maybe maybe they can show a spark and Kenny, you will you know at least embellish his credentials as an offensive coordinator. Right, is he's working with quarterbacks too now? Mm-hmm. Tom, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Is he, he working with? He's the quarterback. He's going to be a quarterback coach as well. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be quarterbacks coach, and then Derek Keith, a former uh, Alabama receiver is going to be the 10th assistant, and he's going to be handling the receiver. I got you. Okay. Any idea what his relationship with KJ's like? Or does he have one? I assume he has one to uh, some degree. Talking about Kenny? Yeah. Talking about Kenny? Yeah. Well, I would I would assume it's good. I mean, there are so many meetings where the entire offensive staff will be in there together. Um, and then uh, KJ was speaking on an um, in-state radio show on Tuesday and says he calls him, uh, he, you know, uh, I think it's Kenny G, and they have a great relationship. And so I feel like, um, I don't know, maybe he can – I think Kenny's biggest um, challenge is just going to be to unlock KJ to play more freely, mentally and physically, play more free. And if he can do that, to me that's a large step in opening up the Arkansas offense. It was suggested, I'm not sure who it was, but you know, with Guyton working with Bryles, there was a chance that they may bring back some of the Bryles playbook um, and, and teach some of that. To, because K.J. obviously had a lot of success in that. How much of that do you think uh, can be done in a week, and do you even think that's possible? Well, I mean, think about this. Um, I don't think they would announce it, but why wouldn't you use at least some of those principles? And, you know, K.J. knows it. Um, you got veteran offensive linemen who, you know, can help the guys in two weeks get ready for it. Uh, they you do do feel like they're going to try more tempo things, and KJ feels more comfortable in tempo, um, where you're going to see more base defenses. So why not? If it was successful for you, um, you don't have to overhaul your entire playbook. You could just kind of meld certain principles and how you call them into the things you had done previously. What are you doing this weekend with no football? Are you going to the basketball game? I'm going to the Purdue exhibition game. Really excited about seeing what Purdue has and all the different disparate elements that Musk's going to have to mesh together with this team. So that's 
expect the Saturday for me. Yep, nothing wrong with that. What do you think? You, uh, is it, I think that's our question of the day today. Are you worried about the outcome, or does it have any bearing on your feeling about the upcoming season? No bearing at all. Think about the Texas exhibition last year, which probably taught them a lot of lessons. Um, and so, I same things will hold here. Uh, I think it's just so cool that he. His name holds such cachet within college basketball now that anybody who's in the portal would consider Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And the way they have to plug everybody into their role, uh, it's just, to me, fascinating. And so, nah, no bearing. If they get blown out by Purdue, no worry. Um, if they if they win it, well, good deal. But, hey, learning how to defend a 7'4 guy hmm. is going to be fun to see. Well, the good news is they won't have to do that very often this year. So that's that's nice, especially on one that weighs 300 pounds. Which is crazy to me. Yeah, isn't that the truth? And I mean, Tremont Mark was talking about this the other day. You got to, if you get in the lane, I mean, floaters and you know, teardrops, things like that, have to be part of your repertoire because mm-hmm. you don't want to go all the way in there, man. Unless you just drive right into his body. Maybe somebody on Malik Monk him this week. Maybe get a little posterizing. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Well, it'd be really cool. And uh, I, I can, don't know. Can I, you imagine Tom dragging your big butt up and down the floor at three hundred pounds for an entire basketball game? Shaq did it for uh, him, huh? He wasn't he wasn't always that big though. When he was, he, when he Lakers, was though. yeah, but when he was lean, what did he weigh? When he played at like LSU in his first few years. Two seventy. Yeah, two eighty, two seventy. Yeah. Right. Neon Badeau. Anyway, I can't imagine. Okay, well Tom, enjoy your off weekend. It's about to get very interesting starting next week again. Yes indeed. Guys, I always enjoy it. Have a good week. Buddy, good time. Thank you. Tom Murphy from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette.